Uh-huh. I know what you're thinking. Is this the booth, drafting the circuits, three-way theater or the Kevin Jackson show? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I kinda lost track myself here on Hoobazoo.com. So, do you feel lucky, punk? Okay, so we have an African Jew wearing a hoodie. No, you don't. No. no, that's not what I said. Is that what you heard me say? I said he looked like you. Do you look like an African Jew? No, I look like a cock. Yeah. <sighs> he was Caucasian. All right, your boy Sinister One broadcasting live from the City of Champions. You are listening to The Booth. July 18th, 2017. I got to start the show up and give a big shout out to my brother, Kind of like an FU shout out because he's in San Diego right now at Comic Con. Comic -Con. Yeah, we had so, no. I'm mean, not a big shout out. No, can you, can you, you have an FU shout out? No, no. He will what be burned in hell. Is it just a straight his, F? Is it a straight FU? A straight FU. Okay. He will burn in hell for <laughs> for going to Comic Con without us. I'm sorry. There are certain things you just don't do. <laughs> Well, he's okay. out there. He's gone to the San Diego Zoo. He's done all that stuff. He went by Six Flags, but at the end of the day, he's at Comic-Con. I don't give a damn hang out at the zoo. I don't care if you're going to Six Flags. He's at Comic-Con, okay? And are you at Comic-Con? Am I at Comic-Con? Nope. We are not at Comic-Con. We are stuck here well, in Massachusetts with 90-degree freaking weather. And 110% humidity in the shade. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. I mean, I think we, you know what we need? We need a cayenne beatdown. You still got that audio clip? <laughs> I don't know where I got it, but I, I remember it. Yes. We need to play that for him when he comes back. <laughs> it's for his own good. Yeah, yeah. So take out his cayenne thing, put in 
Kevin's name. Big shout out to my brother Kevin who's out there. As I said, he's in. Hope San you're Diego. listening, Kevin, because like you know, I got your number. He actually is listening. I'm actually uh, we were actually broadcasting on Facebook Live tonight again, going out over Facebook Live, and for some reason my phone today I was doing the Kevin Jackson show today, and um, all of a sudden I lost audio and I had to you know hit up Tony and Tony was like yeah the audio is going out fine we can hear everything, and um, and um, we were. The audio was going out, but I just couldn't hear from my phone. So it's obviously something with my iPhone. I shut the phone off. I turned it back on. I'm still not getting any audio on my iPhone. So it's going to be some type of update or something that that shut off in the settings that I don't know about. And I'm going to have to go over my phone. I'm actually on here. Oh, actually, it's back. So I'm, I'm, let me turn this volume down so you guys aren't getting an echo. But my brother actually is in here now. It says Kevin Kex has joined. Um, he's actually in the Facebook Live uh, show, broadcast of the show right now. Good, good. Now can I, now, now, now can I hate on him? Yeah, you can hate on him. He's listening. All right, he's at Comic-Con. Did he ask us to go? No. Did he procure us tickets? No. I, I hate to break your heart, too, to be honest. I think my brother is out there on a, on a, on a free tip. I think he just paid for his flight, and whoever his connection is, I don't even think he paid for tickets to get to, to okay, what is the hottest thing on the West Coast. I, I, I'm sorry. All right, all right. Now I've gone from, you know, hatred to pathological hatred. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Now, for those of you who don't know what Comic-Con is, well, let me explain to you. First of all, it's a huge comic book, sci-fi, cosplay convention. Probably the best in the world. But what you may not know is getting tickets to it is only slightly less difficult or more difficult than getting tickets to Hamilton right now. Yeah, he actually had somebody hit him up and asked. Somebody from and, San Diego hit him up and asked him, how the hell did you get tickets, dude? That right. is hard. Um, there is a very – there's a – for those of you who watch it, The Big Bang did a whole theory on the on the guy who's trying to get to Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty funny episode. I try, I've tried. I stopped trying because I just figured I don't have the money. Well, let me phrase that. There are ways to get tickets, but you have to pay an exorbitant amount of money, which I'm not willing to pay mm-hmm. to get them. You buy them on the gray market, and I just don't have the context to get them. I want to go one of these days, but I just maybe when I have an exorbitant amount of money, I can spend. But that's another story. But uh, so I mean, the mere fact he's done, he's going. But he didn't have to pay because he got comp some tickets. All I can say is, is that brother better move. He better go into witness protection, change his name. Because if I find him, the word of the day is going to be pain. Lots of pain. <laughs> like clubber line pain? That's so, right. Exactly. So, so here's the funny story as to why. I'm predicting the fight. Prediction, prediction. So, I, so, so I've been bugging uh, my my co-producer Tony Arnold of of Hoobazoo.com today when we had this issue with my phone. So, um, just to let you guys know exactly what's happened with my phone. Who gives a damn about your damn phone? Who well, cares? Well, you're talking about Comic Con and you're talking about the goddamn iPhone. Well, get it's, a real phone. It's it's, it, it, it's nothing wrong with my phone. My Bluetooth is on, which my wife complains about. But we have so many Bluetooth Wi-Fi speakers in the home. So here I am. I'm doing the show. I'm trying to listen to the show on the phone. I don't realize it, but my phone has connected to one of the many various Wi-Fi Bluetooth speakers that are in the house. 
and I've just found out that is exactly the problem. So oh, you're freaking Ann Coulter going to tweet about it 32 times? So, so I just shut the Bluetooth off, and I told Tony, hey, Tony, I found the source of the problem, and I just told him what the problem was, and he's laughing his ass off uh, at this because I it, it actually wasn't a problem. It was just, as I thought, a setting on my phone. So, again, it was it was that was my error. And uh, we're back in that. Really, really, you—that's thirty seconds. That's five minutes of my life. I'm never getting back. Nothing, nothing major. But again, yeah, he's out there at Comic Con, and um, wow. He, and you know what? He got out there to Comic Con, and again, it's the same as the last Comic Con that he went to in Rhode Island when Adam West died the day before the Comic Con opens, and then twenty-four hours before this Comic Con opens, we lose an icon, a legend. We lose George Romero. The, the master, the creator of the zombie genre, um, he passed away at, I believe, he was 79 years old. And we also lost Martin Landau. Martin Landau, yeah. 1999. Um, Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Um, was he, did he do any stints on Doctor Who or no? Uh, no, he didn't. Uh, not, not, no, no, he didn't do any stints. He may have. Actually, no, I, I, I'm wrong. He was a guest star, yeah. but he was a minor player. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a major guest star. He was like right. on the command staff of a couple of episodes. So we, we lost Martin Lando, but, but losing the, the master of the zombie genre, George Romero, is, is big. And it's bad enough that The Walking Dead suffered a tragedy this past week. Uh, a stuntman had missed the, um, the air pillow, the air cushion, and died on the set and he was well known, well loved by everybody on the on the set. Everybody gave their statements and stuff, and it's pretty sad uh, to have you know when tragedies like this happen. But again, um, again, George Romero passed away. Um, I actually shared the story on my page, and I actually had somebody come on my Facebook page, Ken, and said that you know what, it's it's a tough loss, but till this day, he said that I forget who it was, but he said that. Night of the Living Dead was one of the crappiest movies of all time ever made. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, do you realize that that movie broke so many barriers? You had a movie that was made in black and white in the late 50s, early 60s, where you had a white man as the protagonist and a black man as a hero protecting a white woman. That was and I heard the whole backstory about that. George Romero fought for that. They, they, you know, People told him he was crazy. Of having yeah. a story where the black guy was going to be the hero. And there's so many political things going on in this movie. Even at the end of the movie when the hero takes a bullet to the head because they think he's a zombie. And then they bring him out and they and it's like they're, you know, it's that eerie, you know, news photograph type of still shots as they're dragging him with the hooks off to the pile. And, and then they lynch him up and then they burn him with the rest of the bodies. And that... Everybody thinks that that's just an eerie, chilling ending. But when you go back and you look at that, George Romero was making a political statement with that with that whole movie. That whole movie just it, it, it created a genre, and it was a political statement at its best. And for someone to say that it's one of the crappiest movies ever made, well, well, hold on a second. I think I think we need to qualify what we're talking about crappy from strictly a technical point of view. It doesn't hold up particularly well against. Mm-hmm. Today's modern films. Well, it's a very low. He had a very. That, very well, I said, but that being said, if you look at the cost uh, versus production value, he did it on what we what we call today a shoestring budget. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think someone said 
uh, when they when he died, because they were talking about that that uh, the average movie today, the average major film today, spends more on craft services than Romero spent on the entire film. Mm-hmm. And that's including post production, editing, and marketing. That being said, um, I think people don't remember because there've been so many zombie movies since. Why that was so important? Because up until that point, it was except the fact in Hollywood, the good guys always had to win. Mm-hmm. You know, the the evil had to overcome. Evil never had a chance. He mm-hmm. changed that and saying evil can win. Yes, which is it's, it, it rewrote what you could do, and that's the reason you have a lot of these movies today. That's right. why you had. You know, The Walking Dead. That's why you have Breaking Bad. You know, all these other shows where, where the good guys didn't always win and weren't, weren't always going to win. And if they won, the costs were going to be horrific. Mm-hmm. Well, you had, but you know, back then everybody was used to that, to the happy ending. You know, he broke, you know, that, that, that when you go back to that movie, that movie, you know, pretty much nobody survived that movie. Every Everybody pretty much died in that right. movie. There was no survivors in that movie. Everybody who was in that movie, they died. Barbara died. Everybody died right. in that movie. There was no survivors. And and they died on screen, mm-hmm. which was unprecedented. No, The heroes never died on screen. Mm-hmm. If they died, they got off screen. Mm-hmm. Or they died, you know... Like natural causes or something like that. Yeah, yep. And it, it was very, it was very violent. I remember, I, I, I remember till this day where I was when I first saw Night of the Living Dead. I remember I was sitting at home. It was my mother, my father, me, and my brother, and it it came on TV. It premiered. It came on TV Halloween night, and my mom and dad said, "Hey, let's watch this together." We went in the bedroom. And, you know, at that time, you know, there was only two TVs. You had one in the, the parents' room and you had one in the living room. But because the movie was on so late, we lied, you know, at one end of the bed. And we watched that movie with my with my mom and my dad. I remember me and my brother being so scared that we had to sleep in the bedroom with my mo- mother and father that night. That's how scared we were of that movie. And then that movie, for me and my brother, was one of those movies that, you know, as you grew up and became a teenager, when it came on, you, you would tell your friends, hey, you got to see this friggin' movie. Yeah. And you tell people about it. And, you know, at that time, there was no Dawn of the Dead. There had been no sequel yet. You know, you went on, you no. would tell people about this movie. Right. Then when Dawn of the Dead finally came out, which was the sequel, um, so many years later, um, and that was still, you know, another cult classic, another genre, zombie genre. Which was ironically very ill received when it first came out by Night of Living Dead fans. And again, another black hero. Another black- yeah, exactly. Well, I remember when you talk about knowing exactly where we were, I know exactly where I was. I was with Kevin O'Connell and John O'Connor in Kevin O'Connell's parents' condo mm-hmm. on Chiller Theater, Master Chiller Theater. I don't know if you remember yes. that. Yes, okay. I remember. I remember that. And, feature, double feature. I remember all that stuff. And I remember they had a special no commercial interruption. That's they right. Yes, the that's right. Movie. Without yep. commercial interruption, which was a big deal back then. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have HBO or Showtime mm-hmm. or Stars. You know, uh, for that, that was a major thing. I remember, um, and I remember having a big bowl of greasy popcorn. And I threw up. I was so, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was so scared. I threw up in the middle of the movie. And it's funny that you talk about that because I remember till this day there were four movies growing up that we watched as kids. That was always uninterrupted, uncut, no commercial interruptions. Night of the Living Dead was one. Right. The Deer Hunter was number two. 
Yep. Um, sometimes Apocalypse Now would be shown because it was so long. It was shown in two parts, but commercial free was the other one. And then the fourth movie was a movie that was only shown during the holidays. And I used to see it in school, but then it used to come on TV. It was The Great Race with Tony Curtis, and I forget who else. Oh, my God. Friggin' loved that. Oh, Great Race. I haven't seen that in years. That is a classic. Yes. So, and like you said, you you remember the day that you saw it, Night of the Living Dead. Because it was. It was was a big deal. Oh, yeah, I remember it. It's because we had to sneak over to Kevin O'Connell's apartment because my parents wouldn't let me see it. Mm -hmm. And what happened was Kevin O'Connell's father was out on a business trip, and his mom had to leave urgently to take care of her mom. She was kind of sick. So we had the apartment all to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we rode our bicycles over to his house so we could see the movie without our parents knowing about it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that was my, you know... Oh, you all right there? Yeah. No, 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 no. The wife is cooked food on the grill and she came down to ask me a question okay no but yeah but that, that's exactly i mean uh, uh yeah i remember that i remember i remember was one i saw dawn of the dead in the theater too she, well she won't she won't watch that well I, i'm trying to get her to watch that stuff with me but that's classic i remember dawn of the dead this is this is how crazy it was and i don't know if this is part of the marketing plan or just because they were free getting sued but i went to the ramsey cinema for a midnight uh-huh. showing of Dawn of the Dead, and you had to sign a waiver. They warned you that it was excessively violent and scary. You had to sign a waiver yeah. for it. Yes. I actually, you know what, thanks <laughs> to my brother who's still listening out there in San Diego, my brother. He actually was, uh, he hooked up with a uh, director of a movie who made a zombie movie in Africa. It was a, it was a pretty good movie. I forget, it was called The Dead. And the premiere of that movie was here in the U.S. The director came here and it premiered at the uh, Coolidge Theater in Cambridge. Uh, we went out there for a midnight showing, and, you know, my wife, you know, she doesn't like those type of movies, but if she's going to spend time with my brother, um, he's probably going to force her to go to a one and maybe two <laughs> two horror movies. I don't know. She likes horror. It's just – she's just not into it like we are. Well, you know, here's the thing. I mean you got to define what horror is because there's a lot of movies from the 80s especially – that are not horror. There's slasher flicks. Okay, so and let's that's not let's, horror. That's let's not horror. Talk, that's let's, let's talk because the '80s and '90s horror went through a transformation. You you had your slasher flicks that did scare people. No, they uh, sickened you. They didn't you scare had, me. You had, had your Friday the Thirteenth, which the first Friday the Thirteenth was suspenseful. It did. It was scary. The first Halloween scared the crap out of me, to be honest. But then things no, got. No, little, the first little, Halloween, the first. Friday the Thirteenth, I agree, were were horror with slasher sentiments, especially because yeah. you didn't know until the very end who the killer was because it wasn't Jason Voorhees. Remember, people forget the first Friday the Thirteenth. Jason yeah. Voorhees doesn't make an appearance till the very last scene. Yeah, and it's a dream sequence it's, to be it's honest. The mother. And, yeah, and a lot of people till this day, till this day, there's a lot of people who lose trivia bar fights because till this day there are people who will argue that Jason was the killer in Friday the 13th Part 1. No, and only it was real his, heads know it was that it was mother. the mother. You know, and the mother admits in the very last end before she gets decapitated. Um, but, th- like I said, 
Carrie, the original Carrie. I don't know if you ever saw that. Scared my butt. My, I remember exactly where my mother took me to the old Symphony Theater on Huntington Avenue to see Carrie. I screamed out at the end of the movie when the hands came up out of the grave. Right, and, yeah. Um, I remember that movie scared right. the crap out of me. That, Rosemary's Baby. Okay, so another, here's my thing. Another I've horror. Never, I've never seen Rosemary's Baby. Oh, I cannot believe that. You have never seen yeah, Rosemary's I've, Baby? I've never seen. Oh, how, pull your man card. I've, oh. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen the Omen. I've seen all the Omens. So all I've the Omens. Seen, yeah. I've seen The Exorcist and love The Exorcist. Oh, The Exorcist. Um, is great. The Exorcist is really not a traditional horror flick. It's more of a a, a gothic morality play. I've, and I, but I've never seen Rosemary's Baby. Well, never. Rosemary's Baby is just like it's sick. It is really sick because it just like nobody is redeemed in that movie. Everybody. It's, you I went through this, this little stint, though, where I did go, I went to see Last House on the Left, I Spit in Your Grave, you know, right. all those crazy genre movies at the drive-in that we did go and see a lot of those, but... Um, I Spit in Your know. Grave, Kill Them Slowly. Yep, yep. Actually, it's, it's funny, there's one movie, I have an argument with people, have you ever seen uh, Faster Pussycat Kill, Kill, Kill? Yeah, that's a Rob Zombie, isn't that Rob Zombie? No, 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 no. This came out. This came out in the early '70s, and and I I always get into fights with people over what classification it is. Whether it's a female biker exploitation chick, whether it's a horror mm. chick, whether mm. it's an early flasher flick. So, what do you consider uh, it? I consider it really a genre onto its own. It's it's mm. really, it's kind of it's one of those things that takes pokes fun and it's a classical criticism of all those genres. It really. It's very female empowering for its time. See, I thought that was the movie that, that, that inspired Rob Zombie's movie career. I thought yes, that it did. Rob yeah. Zombie, if you if you look at Devil's Disciples. Oh great Devil's movie. Sex, great it, movie. He admits he was inspired by them because in all those movies there's very powerful female characters. Hmm. Faster Puss but Kill deals with a bunch of psychotic serial killing biker chicks. Mm-hmm. Kill men. And usually in the most gruesome way possible, including demasculinization. Right. Do I need to explain what that is? No, 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 you don't have to. I mean, and that came out. I, 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 I got that was I very. Just, I had to stand fully. <laughs> and eat anything before you see the movie is all I can say. Yeah, yeah. Well, you had uh, you had a lot of movies like that in the eighties. You had movies like Reanimator. Oh yeah, Reanimator is another great one. Yeah, great, you know, that was, that's a that's a cult classic. And, and here's the other thing: I have a huge argument. Let me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out to you. Not Aliens, not any of the sequels. The original Alien. Yep, that was a horror uh, movie. In, in space, I say it's a horror movie. People what? to this day will argue it's a no they, sci-fi movie. Well, the people will argue, but that genre movie when they came out was considered a horror movie. It is not right. a sci-fi movie. Aliens. Is a sci-fi action movie, but the oh, absolutely, movie, Aliens is great, and I love it. Alien and... is considered a horror movie. That debate had been out there right. for the longest time. Now, had, did you ever see? I'm trying to think. There's a few movies out there that a lot of people it, they were under the radar, but they were very, very good movies um, when it comes to horror. Um. It's, there's so many out there that was just under the ra- radar, like those reanimators and sleepaway camps, uh, Miss 45. Um, my brother used to watch one when we had the old star case. Uh, my brother was obsessed with this one, Maniac Cop. Oh, yeah. Maniac Cop. There you go. 
Oh, God, the last of the or Whatever the guy's name was, he was like this actor with this big, pronounced, like, Sergeant yeah. Slaughter-type chin. But oh, was, yeah, that was a great he was, movie. He was, was he, was he killed and come back to life, or was he, I forget, did he die and did he come back to life, or was no, he just... No, well, no, what happened, if I remember correctly, he, well, he kind of did, he's like, he's like on death's door, and he's gonna die, and they use this, like, to bring him, to bring him back to life. He's not technically dead, mm-hmm. but, like, and he goes all insane, and he's just, like, psychotic, he's yep. just, like... Maniac Cop, it was based in New York. Oh, really, yeah. That Starcase, I remember Starcase playing that movie, like... Oh, Maniac Cop has gotta be one of the night. most... It is. Sleep it's, like, it's like Death Wish meets Terminator meets Friday the 13th Part 2. And again, that's another low-budget movie. Cronenberg right. uh, um, started out as a, as a, as a cult classic low-budget guy. There, yeah. Um, yeah, made, there's a bunch of low-budget. I, 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 I'm loath to say low-budget. Well, because first, that, seems, that seems to work denigrating the... Quality the, of the film, and it's not Cronenberg true. Movie that the, the first two Cronenberg movies that I saw that hit me hard was was a soft porn horror film called um, Rabbit. With Rabbit, Ryan don't Bates. I was never seen it. What? Rabbit or Rabbit? Rabbit, R A B I D. Don't think I ever saw it. it it's it's Marilyn Chambers in in her, in a horror movie role. It, this was the movie where Marilyn Chambers was trying to get out of porn and go legit into acting. So Cronenberg said, let me help you out. I'm going to put you in this film. Um, And at the beginning of the movie, she gets in this bad motorcycle accident, and she gets some type of scientific type of skin graft of something. But what happens is, is that she ends up with this creature inside of her, and then she has sex with people. And then when she's having sex with people, it, it bites them. And then it makes people rabid like a, like a dog. And then they start, It's right. it's called Rabbit. It, if you haven't seen it, you got to see it. It's it, it's dude. It's a pretty scary friggin' movie. And like I said, it was it was Marilyn Chambers. She was supposed to go legit. I I I have to look it up and see what happened and why she didn't go. You know, was it because Hollywood didn't accept it? Even though she yeah, did? Hollywood didn't accept. Yeah. I mean, she yeah. acted pretty good in the film. I mean, you got to remember at the time there were a lot of legitimate actors who did porn because that well, that's what paid the bills. But she was a big like at this time of that of yeah. this time of the film, Marilyn Chambers was like. Well, huge. Marilyn Chambers was the first model used on the Ivory Snow box. You realize that? Yes, I remember that. And then she yeah, she wasn't so pure as snow anymore. <laughs> so, but um, you remember no, was, Scanners? Oh, an, Scanners, of course, was a great flip, which made Michael Ironside a household name. Michael right. Ironside, Scanners yeah. was another one. Um, there was. Um, the Fly, David Cronenberg did The Fly. The Fly, the original, not the Jeff Goldblum remake. Mm-hmm. There was The Raven, mm-hmm. which was based on an Edgar Allan Poe poem. Um, there was – oh, there's other Vincent Price consider, stuff. Consider. Uh, the Curse of the Red Death or The Red Mask. Well, I was a big fan of Vincent Price movies because of my yeah. dad – because my yeah, mom. Vincent my mom. Price movies – were, were big, uh, were came back to a lot, a lot of the art houses. He did a lot of great. Remember movies. my mother taking me to see a horror movie, <clears throat> and and he he made a guy eat himself to death. Right. I, okay. I want to say it was Masters of the Macabre. I can't remember what. And then it there was, was uh, the fiendish Doctor F- Fibs. Fibs. The Abominable Doctor F- Fibs. 
And, then and the reason a... I liked that one was because I figured out what it was before everyone else did. Mm-hmm. Remember, he murders the people using the ten plagues from the Passover Seder. Yes. And I'm sitting there going, oh, that's this, that's that. And people look at me. I was like, how did you know? I was like, Passover Seder. We do this every year. Vincent Price, Vincent Price, Alfred Hitchcock, all those guys were, were right. ahead of their times. They oh, were, absolutely. It comes to horror and suspense. They were ahead of their times. And then, again, you had your black exploitation horror. Um, I remember seeing Blackula, which was, even though it was I, a black exploitation film, it was a very good horror film. It was a very good horror. People, I think the problem was that it was mismarketed. What, Blackula? Yes, I think it was mismarketed because it really was a urban is a it was an urban take on the traditional Dracula myth, mm-hmm. and it was less yeah. And I'm saying, why didn't you just do it that way? And said, well, you know, I know. But oh god, there was also um, here's another thing. Okay, you're gonna probably yell at me for this, but I don't freaking care. Did you ever see Assault on Project on Assault on Precinct 13? Both of them. I saw the remake and the, the original. original. No, that was the original, not the remake. And the and the original was the original. Was, I was argue really is a good. horror film. Do you argue that that's a horror film? Yes. The original Assault in Precinct Thirteen with by yes. John Carpenter. Yes. Um. Because all the elements of a horror film, you got your protagonist. They're in an isolated area, and there's evil force trying to get at them, and they got to use their and their group of people who don't normally get together to fight them off. I think I would have to look at that as a as a horror. Yeah, I always thought that was a great horror film. And you know, it was funny the fact that that the man who did the original remade it. Right. Did did the remake? I hate the remake. The remake sucks. Really. I hated it. See now, I I, oh, I I liked it. It's not one of John Carpenter's best. Um. But I did like it. I mean, there's also there, it's funny. There's two actually two films that go, one got remade. Um, the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers from the 50s, mm-hmm. and then the remake was made by the same director. Same director, which I really like, with Leonard Nimoy and Donald that scared, Sutherland. That scared me. That one scared, scared me. The freaking Jeff, Jeff Goldblum was in that. Yep. Do you remember the last scene, the movie? When you when you when you go when the woman finds like the last thing the movie finds Dylan Sullivan character and you find out he like has been taken over by it's that screech that where I got a pissed in my pants I was yeah that I remember seeing that at the drive-in and you know the big thing at the drive-in was was when something really good happened everybody would flash their lights and blow their horns and stuff at the drive-in and that was one of those scenes that got that whole oh yeah that got yeah that was that was that that, both the original and the remake were great I remember. Uh, there was many. Oh, oh, how can I forget this? The Blob. Loved it. Tell and me, I, you I, I, I like the, the Blob. I like the remake too. I like the remake of the Blob it was too. Bad. I the, the original one would scare that black and white scared that freaking crap out of me. The original was in black and white. I always thought the original with yeah. Steve McQueen I thought was in color or was That's it colorized later on? The one with Steve McQueen's the remake. Really? There's a black and white one from the early fifties. See, no, I thought they, I oh, thought that was the original, and then it was original. at that time where color was just coming right, in, and yeah, I thought no, they re-released no, no, no. this color. That, that one is a remake. There's an original one from the early 50s. Mm-hmm. And one of the things about that one is because it's black and white, the blob doesn't stand out. Right. He's, he's oh, like, he's, yes, you are right. Yes, you are right. Oh, yes, trust it, me. It's scary. Yes, I do remember it now. I do remember it now. It's up the baseball bat, you know, for mm-hmm. weeks. 
Yes, I do remember it now. It's like it's like War of the Worlds. That was that was another right. under the radar. Well, I wouldn't say under the radar, but that, oh, that's another one that was shown uncut, unedited. War of the Worlds, yes. Yeah, sure. Worlds on Halloween. That was always shown on. Oh Channel yeah, that was always that was always 8. on Halloween. Always, um, always. Uh, another one yeah. that had everybody in front of the. You know what? We don't watch TV. A lot of people don't sit at home and watch TV like that anymore. I mean, we did it. We did it. We did it here one night. We watched um, Big Ass Spider. It was funny to have all the family. We watched Pitch Perfect together as a family. And I try to do that every once in a while to do that and get and get us to do it as a family because I I miss those little moments. But I remember we there was so many things you know we used to do like we oh absolutely the, the idea of family watching together is is gone because I remember you're gonna laugh at me but my mother made me watch Roots. She had read the book. Oh. Oh, and remember when you read the book? But again, I mean, do you remember when you had to watch stuff because you had to watch it for a reason? Yes. Because I remember my, my parents made me watch Roots. I had to watch Roots. Oh, I had to watch Roots. I had to watch Roots. There was a book report due on Roots, and I had to watch Roots. I remember. Oh, yeah, I had to watch Roots. And I remember uh, it was a finish. And that was, first of all, it had two, well, three interesting. One, it was the first time you saw blacks in major dramatic roles where, yep. where it was they were the center. Two, it was shown on consecutive nights, mm-hmm. so it wasn't broken up, and it was like it was basically your first miniseries. Yep. Um, you know what else I had to watch? What? It, was, it was made to watch the movie that was about uh, the nuclear bomb going off. The day, what was the the geez. day after? The day after. And yes, it was, it was a two night miniseries. Yep. The day uh, after. Remember that I had to watch that. I remember yeah, I had to watch that. I had to write a theme. I actually had to watch it and write a theme in school yep. about. I had to watch that. I had to watch Washington behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. Blind ambition. Oh, uh, Charlie! I had to watch Charlie. Charlie, oh my, with, was that? Oh, good God! Yep, I had to That's watch a Charlie. Class the past, but I actually had to read the book, Charlie. Yep, yep. Well, we had to read the book, and then part of that was. We had to watch the movie at home. It was Channel 56. It came on. I remember we had to watch Charlie. Um, Fahrenheit 451 used to come on Channel 56. I remember we had to watch that one. Right. And write the theme. That was That's actually coming out as a remake. I can't believe it's taken this long for Fahrenheit 451 to return to the big screen. I, I, it's been a long time. It's a great book. It's been book. a long time. And it's one of the greatest books. Have you read the book? Um, it's, it's one of, one of, one of, one of Ray Bradbury's best. Yeah, one. Of, oh, I agree. Yeah, one of his one of his best books ever written was was like, that. One of the it's, finest books in, in you know, censorship. Is you know the censorship in there? There's there's all types of crazy stuff in there. Yeah. Um, and I remember the scene where the woman, you know, sets her house on fire, and the and the right. guy the firemen come to the house to burn the house because of the uh, books, and she stays in the house. Stays in the house. Yeah. Remember that scene spooked the hell out of me. Oh, know? good God! I had nightmares for months after that. Yeah, oh, good God. You know, so, no, you but know, yeah, I agree with you. I remember you're gonna laugh at me, but we had a ritual on Friday nights in my house. Number one, we had Shabbat dinner because we were Jews, mm-hmm. and we always had roast beef and challah and wine. So I was allowed to drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. Then we had marble cake downstairs and, and watched the Brady Bunch as a family. <laughs> Ah, that's awesome. You yeah, watched the like, Brady Bunch as a family. I watched the Brady Bunch as a family. We watched we watched Disney as a family. We my dad was a stickler about us watching uh, Disney as a family. Uh, my dad hated Disney. 
Oh, my dad was was oh, big geez. on Disney. Eight it. Seven o'clock Sunday nights. You'd oh watch yeah. Lawrence, oh yeah. I've Lawrence been watching. Welk, I watched. Right no, it Disney. was it was Sunday. It was Sunday night seven o'clock, and then at eight o'clock was a six million dollar man. Mm-hmm. And you and you got the stamp to watch that if you were good. So you knew you had to make sure you were good to watch six million. Right. Exactly. Man. Yeah. Exactly. Good. Oh God. Kidding me? I cried. Tell me you didn't cry when Jamie Sammers originally died. No, I didn't cry. You didn't cry? I was crying like a Nope. Nope. I was the only time that I was really excited in in, in um Six Million Dollar Man was the the introduction to the Fembots. Because I yeah, couldn't get the Fembot toys. That one and then the when the when it, when Six Million Dollar Man jumped the shark and they brought in Bigfoot. Oh, that was Andre the Giants, great. And that's when, the, that's when the show officially jumped the shark. Oh, come <laughs> even on. Though, even though it was awesome, I was happy about it, it jumped the shark when when they brought oh, it to Bigfoot. Right, because they're up until that point, it's been incredibly real. And, and it was, dude, it was like, a, I remember, it was a ratings. I, I remember, like, they built up, like, the, it was, like, advertising for, a, like, two weeks about Bigfoot fighting Steve Austin. And I remember it was, like, this whole big deal about that, and you couldn't wait. <laughs> Sunday night for for Steve Austin to fight Bigfoot and meet up and it was almost like Ali getting ready to fight. You you went to school all week and your teacher was telling you to be quiet because you was talking in class with somebody about Steve Austin going to be fighting Bigfoot on Sunday night. And oh man, I remember that. It was and it wasn't even really. It was kind of a letdown. The fight was kind of a a letdown, you know. But yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. I, I, I remember Bigfoot would have kicked his ass. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's a big freaking deal. But it, it was it was actually a jump the shark moment. Oh, I don't think it's just the Sharks then. I think it's still a couple good episodes left. No way. You don't. Th- I I think that was the. Jump they brought Jamie Summers back, and they had Max the Bionic Dog. That's when this whole series. That was after Bigfoot. Yes, that was after Bigfoot. Yeah, so that would be the jump the shark moment. That's what they yeah, kind of Max the dog. Yeah. Kind of got out of hand. Yeah, they got a lot of hand. So oh, come on. It, it, ABC for years was ruling. I remember ABC for years had had Sunday nights locked. Down. Oh yeah, they had locked up. They had the fam- They were the family thing. They had all the family shows. That's they only had three networks. ABC, ABC was killing them back then because I remember they had Six Million Dollar Man. They had Charlie's Angels. Right. Uh, Which my and, mother refused to let me watch. Yep, I remember. It. Then I remember it was, ABC it, got BJ and the Bear on Sunday nights, right. and used to have to make that decision if you were going to watch BJ and the Bear. On right. Sunday nights right. on NBC, and then you had the sixty minutes staple was still already still there. Yeah, sixty minutes was seven o'clock on Sunday nights because yeah. that's the other thing you used to watch. Because of the and then, and then you had I forget what else NBC had. Oh, then NBC started dominating because they brought in Night Rider, and Night yeah, Rider. That's just, the eighties. That's later that, on. That's, that's when NBC really started to become a powerhouse with right. Night Rider and the Cosby Show and all that stuff. And then out of nowhere, you had this little network come by the name of Fox. And then yeah. before well, you knew. That's in the late 90s. Yeah, in the 90s, Fox came. I remember Fox came along, and I remember it started with, it was just the Simpsons. And, and right. what's your name? The comedian there. Well, actually, it wasn't yeah, even Tracy Simpsons. It was, no, no. It was what happened comedian. was Tracy Ullman show with the yeah, Simpsons. Tracy Ullman show. Yes. And then but, when that got canceled, they spun the Simpsons off to its to its own show. Yeah. And, and that's been. People tend to forget that 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 for that run of Tracy Ullman, 
the Simpsons were part of that run. So when you talk yeah. about the Simpsons and their amazing historic television run, people forget about the fact that the Simpsons was on Tracy Ullman, which was on for years right before uh, Married with Children. And then you had 21 Jump Street and then you had X-Files. And right. then you know, then 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 they started doing multiple night programming on on Fox, right. but exactly. uh, um, but yeah, Simpsons was part of. They had oh, you gotta remember they had Space Above and Beyond. They had uh, Firefly. Two great space shows. Just they just yeah. couldn't keep up with they the budget. They, they, they couldn't figure out what the freak to do with them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Millennium was another great show on right. Friday nights. Yeah. But it was just a horrible night, but that was just a. It was a that was a show that was a, ahead of its time. Right. Um, it was very there were dark. a lot of Fox shows that were ahead of, ahead of their time. Yeah, well, X Files was. X Files definitely was. X Files was the show ahead of its time. Um, did you watch the new season? X Files? No. Yes, that was last two years ago. No, you didn't. You didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. No, I, I'm pissed at them because they, they, you know, Mulder's dead. He's not dead, and Scully's no, not. Like, no, Mulder was sorry. alive. Mulder was very much alive. I know, um, but it just she didn't have a baby. That was they had a baby together. That was taken. I know. That's just. I'm sorry. I I liked it, and it's and I'm hearing it's coming back for another season. Just don't. Know have I was I was but very. There happy was, with the there was a couple of shows on the old CWB. I think it was. Remember that? It was a short-lived CW. network. It was well. It was, it was the Black Network. It was UPN, which was like the Black Network. Yeah, the UPN. No, but there were a couple of shows. There was High Incidents. There was a uh, long shot, which lasted mm-hmm. like one season. All these really good shows I like that lasted one season. CW has become the landing zone for DC comic shows. And I remember when Supergirl premiered on CBS, and I was like, why is Supergirl on CBS? That is just an epic fail. It should be on the CW. And now Supergirl lasted, right. I think Supergirl lasted maybe two seasons on CBS. And yeah, she's, it, now, it, she's now yeah. on the CW. You gotta put on CW because they yeah, don't. CBS doesn't know how to do that. Yeah, crap. They haven't. They haven't had a super. They haven't had. They haven't had a superhero show since the fifties, since the original Superman with and George. Every, everybody tells me that you know Green Arrow is a great show. Everybody's telling me the Flash is a great show. So uh, I'm not I saw show. Arrow. No, it's not. It's not Green Arrow. It's just the Arrow, and I don't like it. And I love the Green Arrow comics. Really, no, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing it's very good. I'm hearing they're both. I'm hearing both. Well, shows first of all, it's, it, it's probably a well-written show for what it is. Mm-hmm. But what it is not is honest to the comics. Mm-hmm. If you tune in and expect to seeing the comics, don't. But it's a totally different show. I'll have to check it out because I know I I peeked in on the first two episodes of another show, Legends of Tomorrow, which is a group of people. It's Firestorm, um, Hawkeye, Hawkgirl. Is it's uh, a whole group of people and they go through time. I saw the first two episodes. That I really liked that show. That was that's also on Netflix. Um, and I think I want to just do some catching up before this uh, Justice League movie comes out because I about about two weeks ago I actually sat down and actually watched finally watched Batman versus Superman, and you know I heard so much bad stuff about Batman versus Superman. I sat down one night here, uh, the wife had some friends over, and um, you know I said no, I got some time myself. Let me go watch Batman versus Superman. I, was, I think I was sick that weekend. That's why I was kind of I think I was laid up, and um. <clears throat> I sat down and I watched Batman versus Superman, and to be honest, it wasn't as bad as everybody claimed it to be. Thank you, babe. Oh my God, she got me a double gulp, Seven Eleven double gulp iced coffee, cheese and rice. Ken, hold on, let me just take a sip of this. What have you done to deserve that woman? Is all I got to ask. Oh, it's so good. You are you are spoiled. I don't like. I'm 
You and your brother, you're dead. You're dead to me. You're both dead to me. You hear that? He's mad because because my brother's in San Diego at Comic Con, and now you've brought me a, a giant big iced coffee. Dead to me, both of you. Yeah, you know you, you're welcome to come by here for dinner anytime. You know, I actually I actually thought about doing the show by the pool tonight and let Tony produce and do the show by the pool. Um, that well, I told you we gotta do the floaties. Gotta get in the pool with the floaties. In the pool and do the floaties. To be honest, we could actually do the show from the pool. If Tony produced this show, we could actually be on our phones, on Skype, and sit in floaties and do the show from the pool. Right. Sure. Uh Uh-huh. That's really going to happen. Yeah. And what dreamland are you thinking that's going to happen? Well, first of all, the dreamland would be is getting Tony to produce the show. Right. Getting Tony to produce the show while we're in the pool. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Dude, put the crack pipe down. Step away from the crack pipe. Oh, man. Anyway. But, again, as I said, guys, wow, this show's flying along. It's 745. It's July 18th. Guys, guess what? We are just two weeks away from preseason NFL football. And just a month away from, two months away from NFL returning back to its glory. Um, where I become a crazed, wild man and abuse kids with brushes and things like that with for those who've seen the video of me hitting India with a with a brush last time doing her hair. But again, I digress. So I gotta wish my stepdaughter Haley, who turned ten this weekend, Sunday. She turned ten years old. Uh, we went down the Cape and spent our weekend at the water park at this Cape Cod inflatable water park. And I'm sitting there and I'm Ken, you know how pissed I was to go to this inflatable water park and I'm like you know how many adults probably had this thought in their heads and have never done it and then decided – someone finally decided and said, hey, let me make a giant inflatable park with all these inflatable things and and charge people 20 to 30 bucks to come in and make a million dollars. You know, I'm just – I'm sitting there. I'm like, holy Christ, this is crazy. I mean, I wish I was the guy who – you know, it's like you mentioned yeah, today. Yeah. If I bought Microsoft at 10, I'd be a billionaire. Well, it's like you said today. You announced that there's Sharknado 5 that's going to be coming out. And it's like, imagine, there's, there's a guy who sat in a meeting of a, of a, of a TV movie studio, and, and they were all going around and said, hey, let's hear some ideas. And this one guy actually got up and said, hey, I got an idea for a movie. It's a tornado, and it's shocks dropping from the sky and killing people. You know, people probably said, you you're fired or whatever. And now yeah. this guy is has a franchise of five yeah, shark. Exactly. I, I seriously I want to be in the mood. I I hope to God that there is some, you know, cell phone footage of that original pitch movie. Of that original pitch meeting. I yeah. wanna see the guy trying to ex- describe Sharknado. Yeah, it's like it's like Jaws meets Twister. Uh, Twister. Yeah. That, that's pretty much how you would pitch it. It's Jaws meets Twister. And you're probably either going to get laughed at or kicked out of the studio. Oh, but Okay, have you ever seen the original you... Sharknado? And this is the reason why I can't see any sequels. Okay? I, haven't seen any, I haven't seen any of the Sharknados. I'm not okay. a big fan of Ian Zuring at okay. all. Okay, I, I saw Sharknado on a dare. And this is why this movie is, is so it, bad. Is it campy? It is campy to the extreme. That must be why. That must be the appeal of it. I mean, clearly, no one. Let me just say this: if you, whoever designed this movie, clearly 
was was poking fun at all those oh, summer blockbusters. Sci-Fi owns the rights to Sharknado, doesn't it? Isn't that yeah, a Sci-Fi network? Okay. Yes. I mean, clearly whoever was, was a big fan of 70s disaster movies. Jaws, Towering Inferno, Airplane, See, Earthquake. No, I, love all those movies. I love all those movies. Yeah, you can tell because there's so many homages to them. But there's one really? great scene. There's one great scene that just sticks into my head, which I still can't get over. And I don't know how they, they, they convince everyone it's a good idea. There's a scene where the shark comes down into a pool, and there's a guy. The guy is like trimming hedges with a chainsaw, and he falls into a pool, and the shark eats him. And then he cuts his way out of the shark's stomach with a chainsaw. <laughs> I like that. That's pretty awesome. That's and in that's Sharknado. Right. Yeah, it's in Sharknado, the original. Oh my goodness! Uh, I might. You know what? I might have to check that out now. Now, if you know your Bible, what that is an homage to is Jonah and the whale. Yeah. Yes, it is. So I'm looking at that going, there's somebody, and I swear to God, it's got to be a Jew. You know what a Jew would think about? This is the kind of things that we thought up <laughs> when we were Hebrew school. They're like, no, no, because like when you're, when you're like, you know, 12, 13 years old, and you're stuck in Hebrew school, and you're raging hormones, and the rabbi is trying to teach you all about we're we're constantly doing sh- evil shit like that, right? You know, slaying the firstborn. You know, we're doing illustrations of the angel of death decapitating babies. I am convinced there's some kid who was in Hebrew school who they're discussing Jonah the whale, and he was fi- figuring out how he get out of the whale. Well, chainsaw, right? Come on, <laughs> Texas chainsaw massacre. So, I'm going to I'm gonna have to go to Jewish school once in a while. <laughs> I mean, this is, like, you're 13 years old and you're horny and you're bored. This is what you did in the 70s. I think that's awesome. But, I mean, I swear to God, if you, if you read, if you, that's why I say, I love Sharknado only because there's so many homages to Jaws and Earthquake and Towering Inferno and all those great 70s disaster flicks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, what was that? Oh, there was another one in the 70s. Come on. What are the great 70s disaster flicks? There were? Earthquake. Earthquake. Roller coaster and, and sense around. Right, exactly. <laughs> and sense around where I, we had to come all oh, the way. Um, Poseidon Adventure. Remember that? I have that. I'm, I'm looking at Poseidon Adventure right now in my DVD case. Ernest Borgnine, one of the worst death scenes I almost cried. Well, not Ernest Borgnine, uh, Gene Hackman. Gene yeah. had death scene in, in Poseidon Adventure pisses me well, off. Do you remember the, in the beginning of the film when the guy fought, when they when the when the uh, ship capsizes and the guy falls through the glass ceiling? Mm-hmm. Yep. Who's captain? That was one of them. Who's captain of that ship? Uh, Leslie Nielsen. Yep. Which Leslie made Nielsen. airplane, which made which was why airplane was so funny because it was just so much stuff crammed into airplane, which was a homage. Oh, yeah. homage to everything. Leslie well, Nielsen was the pilot yeah. of that plane. Leslie Nielsen, no, Leslie Nielsen played the doctor. Peter Graves played the pilot. Yes, that's right. Trust me, I know everything about. I can I can quote you that movie virtually line by line. People forget that Leslie Nielsen before Airplane was a dramatic actor and a darn good one. Yep, and he made his money off a of Naked Gun and Police right. Store. Oh yeah, he was brought into Airplane. The whole reason he was brought into Airplane because he could play. The doctor with a straight face, because that's the character he's always played. Mm-hmm. Very serious, stern, professional, 
totally emotionless people. And so he's making fun of himself. Um, Barbara Billingsley had a great scene in Airplane. Oh, she spoke, well, yeah. She spoke jive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My mother made me. Sorry, I speak jive. <laughs> I mean, remember when they're like translating like, and, they, and the guy says shit and the guy goes, golly? Yeah, she's like the whitest. Barbara Billingsley was like the whitest person in America next to, uh, next to Carol Brady. She was right. Beaver's mom. You can't right, exactly. get whiter than Beaver's mom, and she's speaking jive. That was just that was just hilarious. Don't you remember the scene uh, when Leslie Nelson says when he goes when they go when they, I forget who the, the the main the young guy goes. Surely you dress. And Leslie Nelson deadpan goes, "No, I'm not kidding. I'm stop calling me Shirley." Yeah, and you know what's sad, Ken? It just stinks that we're so PC. As a society now, because these great movies like Mel Brooks, Mel Brooks would go down hands down as one of the greatest directors of all time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But people are so PC today. Movies like History of the World Part One, Blazing Saddles. If you show if you show Blazing Saddles in the movie today, I'm pretty sure you would have PC thing. Blazing oh, absolutely. Oh, come on. The, the whole black sheriff thing. I, I could see I could see people protesting that movie right now. I can see people outside the theaters wanting Blazing Saddles to be removed from theaters. Oh, absolutely! And that's a classic, historic, funny friggin' movie. Just the scene where he he tells him when Gene Wilder says, "Oh, you forgot to wash this morning." <laughs> he starts rubbing his hand and flips his hand over. Yeah. <laughs> no, there I, was that. Um, yeah, uh, 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 Blazing Saddles. Uh, Oh God! Was it Frankenstein? The Frankenstein yes, monster. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. You could never make that again today. I don't know if you see stuff the in your... Roar! Yes, young Frankenstein. You could never do that. that. You could never do well, springtime for Hitler. I mean, the uh, the producers. Mm-hmm. Tell me, you couldn't do that today? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I and he's making a sequel to Spaceballs, and I'm trying to figure out how is he going to make a sequel to Spaceballs without pissing people off? Because again, Spaceballs. Had a lot of a lot of gay and Jew bashing in that. Film. Oh, good God, yeah, but but you gotta understand the people producing were all Jews and gay, so I mean that's how they can get away with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, see no, what happens. Um, there's a lot of movies you couldn't make again today. There's just no way you could do it. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, oh God, without getting everybody, everybody. Oh, you your know. old um, Cheech and Chong. Oh, movies. please. Were, were very non PC. Oh, good God! Um, those those would the, those films would not no way make it today. Um, your coming of age movies. Oh, Sweet Sixteen, The Breakfast Club, Sweet all 16, those. My Private Tutor, My Teacher, uh, Porky's. Oh, Porky's would never get made today. Porky's made today. Does Porky's no way. <laughs> no way. You'd had everybody and their mother objecting to every second every second of that film. There wasn't one not offensive thing in that entire movie. And I love Porky's. That Porky's would spawn three films. Uh, I if you had told me that, I would have never have guessed it would have spawned three movies. No way, no way. Yeah, no. Actually, it spawned uh, four, didn't it? Didn't I, Porky's I might be a direct video release? You know what could ever be made again Porky's today? Porky's two. Porky's Revenge. 
And then wasn't there a fourth Born to Porky's? Return to Porky's was Porky's 3. Yeah, but th- I thought there was a fourth one. I'd, I'd have to look it up. My phone is dead. I'd you know what, you, know what you, know, you couldn't make again today? Logan's Run. Why? Why couldn't you? I, I, I like that movie. I love that movie. Everyone makes- dies at 30 and all the casual sex they're having. Well, they actually have a movie like that, that that's coming out right now. There's a movie right now where um, we're overpopulated and kids have to go and take a test. And if you fail that test, they kill you. Um, I just saw the trailer for it. I forget the name of the movie. That's that's you know movie another that- movie they couldn't make again today, which I really wish they could, even though they remade it. If they were to follow the original storyline of Death Race 2000. It's been made. No, it, but they changed it all up. I know it, that. You're right. They did change it completely. I'm talking up to about going people. back to the original storyline of the cross country race where they where you get where you get you know mowing down nuns. Yeah, points, points. There's an actual scene in Death Race 2000 where they have people in the nursing home and they lined up the people outside right. the nursing home so he could get so Frankenstein could get those points. Exactly. You couldn't make that movie today. Oh please. Sylvester Stallone coming off his first. That was Sylvester Stallone's first film. Before. Actually, it was second. Remember, he did he that softcore porn. Well, yes, I don't want to mention that, but <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, Sylvester Stallone was Machine Gun Joe, Machine Joe, Machine Gun Joe Turbo. Right, exactly. Um, and it was David Carradine. David Carradine as Frankenstein with his hand grenade. <laughs> was that the Cronenberg film? I don't know. Um, I loved it. I thought it was one of the greatest films of all time. I, I, my dad took us to the drive-in to see that movie. They, you know what? I, I got I, you know, I to thank my dad my mother for not censoring us as kids and being able to allow us to see films that were thought-provoking and made us think. Because I know. I know back no, in the day. It, I know. It was directed by Paul Bartel. Really? Yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking at the IMB database right now. What else did he make? I didn't. That doesn't sound like I have it. never heard of this guy. That was his only. Was that his only movie? I, See, this is when I have to get the guys from Steve's Video Store on and get them on. Uh, Tom Kiefer, Vicky Love, and those guys—they would know all of this crap at the drop of a mention. To be honest, right, exactly. I don't remember him. Wow, I thought uh, I thought I thought Death Race Two Thousand was a Cronenberg film. Nope, wasn't like, a, his early films. Wait a minute, he directed Usual Suspects. Hmm. No. The director for Death Race Two Thousand. Yeah. No, that's Brian Singer. Yeah, what is this thing? Yeah, doing? yeah, yeah. No, Paul Bartel, uh, born in thirty-eight. Born in nineteen thirty-eight. Yeah, majored in theater arts at UCLA. Received a Fulbright scholarship. What else, what else did he direct? What else did he direct? Um, I'm I'm looking. Uh, looks like hmm. he, looks like he. Um, I'm trying to find out what else. He uh, directed, but I can't seem to find anything else. Well, as I was saying, you know, I, I got to thank my dad, and my mom, because they, you know, they took us to a lot of drive-in movies to see things, and they took us to. The, I remember a lot of our movies we went to see at the Saks Fifty Seven, and we got to see them at the Symphony Theater. I remember my dad took me to Chinatown, and that was oh, able to be, oh, that uh, is probably one of the greatest films of all time. What's that? Chinatown. No, no, no. He he would take us to China. Oh, take you to Chinatown. I thought yeah, you were. My dad would take us. Saturday mornings, my dad had this ritual where him and his brothers, my dad's brothers, they would get together and they would go to Chinatown, and they would go see the newest Bruce Lee. Because at that time, you couldn't see martial arts movies unless you went to Chinatown. So we would go to this theater that, in the daytime, they would show 
Chinese fight movies, and then at nighttime they would show porn, and because it was right there, <laughs> in, it was right there in in downtown Boston in the um, combat zone. So in the daytime you go there and you'd see. I remember my dad would take us to see these Sunny Chibas and these Bruce Lee movies, and you see like Five Fingers of Death. Um, we saw all the Bruce Lee movies, Fritz and Fury, all this stuff. Um, so my dad took us to see that stuff at a real early age. I remember my dad taking us to see all the James Bond films. Now, back then, taking your kid to see a James Bond movie, I'm pretty sure, even though I was young and I loved James Bond, I'm pretty sure it was pretty risque to take your kid to see a James Bond movie. It was, yeah. And I, and I remember I remember my dad taking us to the Symphony Theater to see Diamonds Are Forever, which was like, which was one of my most favorite James Bond films, Diamonds Are Forever, Sean Connery. Um, I would say that was probably before The Lotus, Sean Connery's car and Diamonds Are Forever oh, was, yeah. was well, I, it's funny. I always felt Diamonds Are Forever had the two best villains, mm-hmm. Mr. Mr. Kidd and Mr. Wick. Mr. Kidd and Mr. Wick, yep. I thought yep. they were the best Bond villains, either. although technically they weren't Bond villains. They were henchmen. Well, they but... came the closest to killing Bond when they right. buried him in the middle of the desert in the pipe. They right, came exactly. close to kill. They were the they were the closest I could remember of coming to, to, to oh yeah, no killing. question about it. But I loved those two because they were just you know they they were the anti Bond with all their bat their one liners. You know, were they gay? Let's put that out there. What? Oh, of course they were gay. Were they gay without being gay? Because oh, back they were then totally you had a lot of, a lot of totally things. Gay. Yep, you had you had things in movies that they couldn't say, but Potty was like. I get what they're saying here, and I feel like they were gay. They were gay. No question about it. They were gay. Mm. There were so many interludes and suggestions that they were gay. Oh, please. Ask your brother. Ask your brother. I'll have to. I'll have to put that on my Facebook page later on they, tonight. I'm they were totally gay. Remember the scene where, where one of the guys, I think it's Mr. Uh, Mr. Wynn, comments on, on uh, how good-looking this chick is, and, and Mr. Wynn gets the look. He says, well, for a woman. Yes, yes. I mean, come on. Isn't Diamonds Are Forever also Bambi and Thumper? Bambi and Thumper. You kidding me? Oh, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Still have Bambi and Thumper, and I can't remember who they were, but those were. They were. Willard White was being kept prisoner at his summer home. Mm-hmm. And they were his bodyguards, custodians, whatever you want. People kept him in line. Mm-hmm. Yep. Don't you, so. remember, don't you remember the scene where he walks in to see Willard White, and he goes, and, and it's like he introduces himself. And he goes, "Oh, I see you've met, ba- I see you've met Bambi and Thumper." Mm-hmm. Yep. So, wow, eight oh three. We are God, at. I, oh, Diamonds Forever. That's my favorite. One of my favorite Bond movies. Oh. Man, this was like an episode of Steve's Video Store tonight. Man, we we blew right through the show. Um, Ken, were you able to do your homework before we get out of here about finding out of um if we are coming up on dogs being able to be claimed as um. Dependence or okay. Here's the thing. It's a well, it's a bit complicated answer. Do we have time for it? Because it's kind yeah, of complicated. Yeah, I'll give you I'll give you about five minutes before we can get off. Okay. If you're asking strictly, can they be deemed as dependents? The answer is no. Okay. However, and this is the big however, there are now um, provisions that will allow you to take certain medical and educational deductions that are usually limited only to dependents. Okay. If you can establish a long-term relationship with the animal. Okay. For example, you know, I don't know if you file, you take the, 
deductor, the uh, standard deductor you will, if you itemize. If you itemize, you can take your medical uh, cost of your medicine and medical appointments off mm -hmm. your taxes. Really? Yes, you can if you itemize. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it might be work for you because you have a large family. Because you, how many how many kids under eighteen do you have? Um, four. So, no, three. No, no, four, four. So I mean, between you, you know, morning dawn. Your medical expenses may be up there because they're all the checkups. Oh, actually, no. Actually, it's three. Terrell turned 18. Oh, well, yeah, okay. Um, so he's but on. It looks like you are being able to deduct certain medical and dental with regards to long-term pets. Yes. Really? Another thing. So I'm they're not dependents. That. They don't qualify as dependents, but they're getting preferential treatment. Hmm. So I don't know if that answers the question. Yep, no, no, because like Lynn, Lynn has three dogs that she raises, and you know they're, you know, almost like her kids. And I know that it is coming where there's certain things that you can claim now and stuff like that. And a lot of right, people don't exactly. know what they can and what they cannot do on taxes and things like that. So just to get some information out there. But by hey. the way, the guy who uh, Paul Bartel, I'm reading his IMDb biography. Yep. Guess what he also directed? Let Eating me know. Raul. Oh, that was a good flick. It was an awesome flick, and he that directed was that it. was another Starcase movie that was all over the he place. He directed so. that. He died of liver cancer in two thousand. Yeah. So, hey, hey, before we get out of here, we gotta get off the air. I gotta give Travis Partington a big shout out. He filled in for me at the Bay State Bucks game last weekend. He did a good job, so I gotta say what's up to him. Um, I'm gonna be missing some weeks. Um, we are actually going away camping in August, and then me and the wife are going to be going away for our one-year anniversary. We're actually going to ba -ba -da -ba, Niagara Falls. Really? Yes. Can you be any more cliched? I mean, that is... What do you mean cliche? I've never gone to Niagara Falls before, dude. That is how, is that, how is that cliche? It's well, cliche if you go on your honeymoon. We're yeah, not going well, on our honeymoon. We're going, going on our one year anniversary. That's close enough. How is that close enough? <clears throat> it's close enough. Well, what are we supposed to do on our one year anniversary? It's paper, you moron. Do something with paper. Dude, I know one year anniversary is paper. Could you see me giving my wife paper, huh? Oh, she said I gave her paper. It's a plane ticket. See? Ah. Gotcha. Uh, survey set. Ah! She said that's the anniversary gift is paper, it's the plane ticket. Yeah, no, sorry. Survey says <laughs> But we're going up there. We're, we're we may be meeting up with Mike Fiore. And it it's tough because here it is, it's our one year anniversary. We're going away to Niagara Falls, and of course, when they announce the big fight of the century, McGregor against Mayweather, and they come out and they say, and this fight will take place. Saturday night, August 26th. And you know, like you have that devil on one shoulder and that angel on the other shoulder automatically pop up. <laughs> and the angel is like, Keith. <laughs> you, well, know you, that, that, you know, you know, that's going away. Didn't you see that Facebook meme right before the Patriots went to the Super Bowl about the guy <laughs> who's getting married on Super Bowl Sunday? And he's got yep. he's got two tickets to Super Bowl and he needs someone to cover for him. Everybody yep. interested, go to this church at ten AM. She'll be the one dressed in white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
moment. That was the moment I had. The angel and the devil pop up on each on one of each shoulder. Bing! <laughs> and it's like... Yeah, and, and I gotta I gotta mention that. Yeah, and to be honest, my wife she when she knew that this was my wife actually she tried to get tickets out to Vegas for the fight, but the freaking tickets sold so fast, like they were gone. Oh yeah, you were gonna get tickets. No, no, gone. No, no. And you know what? If uh, oh my god, you were gonna get fr- no, no way, no way. Because uh, I've never been to Vegas, dude. So I could imagine going to Vegas to see a fight like that for your first time in Vegas, I would, dude, I would, I would probably die of a friggin' heart attack. Dude, dude, if you did that and you didn't bring me with you, you're dead to me too. <laughs> I can't say I'd be dead to him if I didn't bring him. <laughs> she said she knows you were at the wedding, but that's, that's, that's a different story. Hey, I was at the, the wedding on the goddamn boat, okay? Yep. Cut me some slack. You so I deserve Vegas. You know what? I got to say that again. We're we're coming up really fast on our one year anniversary, and I got to just say again, you know, thanks for everybody who did come out to our wedding. Um, you know, a lot of people throw these elaborate, giant, big, freaking out of control weddings, and I must say, you know, I got to thank everybody that came through. We had a very nice, small, you know, because we had we both had big families, and you know, we wanted to not piss anybody off, and we decided let's just keep it small. And the best way to do it, we did it on a boat where we knew it was going to be limited, and we could tell people, hey. We can only have 80 people on the boat, and we're going to have our closest friends who've been involved with our relationship from day one. Yeah, there was people that didn't make it to that wedding because they weren't really – we wanted to make sure that everybody was involved with our relationship from meeting from day one. There was some – like you know, you were there. You were there when she almost – when her friend almost killed her at the fundraiser. <laughs> I don't know if you knew about that. Let's get into this story real quick before we get out. Did you know that, Ken, that, that one of Dawn's closest best friends almost killed her one night? While we were all together, her niece. Oh, yeah. Remember when we went? We went to a fundraiser in Randolph uh, for Perry Pellucci, and the uh, it was the food drive event, and the uh, band was there. They were playing, and it was me, you. I think your mom and Lynn did go, didn't they? Yep, they did because they actually went out. All to right, the get to the point where you almost killed you. Hurry so up. What happened was was that, and I think you had just left. And the band took an intermission, and the drum bass broke. So when they came back from intermission, you were heading out. Dawn's mother and sister were heading out. The drum bass broke, so they had to take another intermission. So during this five, maybe seven-minute break, Dawn's niece, Jill, decides, because they announced that while they were waiting for the drum bass to get fixed, that shots were going to be, I want to say they were $2.00. Two dollars for every shot you buy. I walked Dawn's mother and sister out to the van. By the time I had come back in, Dawn's niece had Dawn. She must have drank I can ten shots, woo woo shots. Ken, she was freaking. She just one year out of the out of the bypass, and you know you're not supposed to have sugar and all. Oh my god, she almost. She almost killed her. She tried to tell her no. She almost killed her. Almost killed her. Ten shots. I couldn't do ten shots in my ten. heyday. And now she was a, I come back in and she was a totally different person. I'm like, what the hell happened? I'm like, oh my, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. She almost got a fight. Some lady was. I have these issues with women when we tend to go out. I, I, yeah, I know. I was there. Remember. 
Oh, yes, you were there for one. Yes, you were. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. But, which would have been good because you had an attorney already present. So. <laughs> I don't know nothing. I don't know. See nothing. Oh, I don't know yeah. nothing. So before we I'm get out of here, um, actually, Thursday, I think it's this Thursday, Jacob Tagger is announcing his run. He's, he's making it official. Jacob Tagger is going to be doing Counselor at Large. Um, I believe it's Tin Ray Cafe that he's going to be at. Um, actually, Peter Zimbor did reach out to me. Peter Zimbor and me are working on a day or a time that we are going to hook up and we are going to have Bill Carpenter on, which you know Bill Carpenter is running for another term here in Brockton for mayor. Um, Jimmy Pereira we had on the show already. He's running against him. And there's a young man, Julio, and I don't want to butcher his last name, but he's a Brockton firefighter. He was an EMT, um, but he just pulled his papers this week. He's going to be running for mayor. Um, it's going to be interesting to see this guy. Um, I guess he's got a lot of military credentials and things like that, but I really haven't seen this guy around in the community. Um, so we'll, let, let's see what's going on with him. Maybe we can get him on the show, but it's going to be a very big election. There's a lot of rumors. There's a lot of things going around. There's people out there throwing stuff around that we just don't know. You know, this. and Ken, you know what bugs me when people talk about stuff? Like Bat. Bat Bus got brand new buses. And people are online, and they're complaining and saying, well, we've, we're laying off teachers, yet we're buying new buses. Again, that bus is a separate entity. It has nothing Yeah, hold on a second. It's a different thing. It's capital improvement. Yeah, there's a total different People are pissed because Keith App Park was done over with a grant. Um, they've got a new fountain, and people are all over Brockton Hub, and they're complaining because they're saying, we're laying off teachers, and we've got a brand-new fountain in the park again. It's grant money. Uh, people, if you take grant money and use grant money to pay teachers, guess what? Bill Cummins is going to be in jail for misappropriation of funds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, it's called fraud. <laughs> called, <laughs> in case you're wondering what the term is, it's called conversion. That's the legal term. Yeah, and and, 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 and can you real quick, before we get out of here, explain to people how the grant process works when you have these things for POCs and things like this? Okay. We have what happens is that you apply to an agency, either federal, public, or private – for money to do a particular activity. Let's say since the one wants to open, you know, the Brockton Youth MMA Academy. And the purpose of the grant is to supply money to have, you know, MMA training for at-risk youth. At-risk youth. At-risk youth up to 21. Okay? Something you're very interested in. Mm -hmm. You then can around can take that money and decide that, you know, hey, we're not going to use that money, but we're actually going to, you know, fund the Brockton Boxers. Mm-hmm. can Probably a good idea, but you can't. It's illegal. Because yeah. you're giving money for <clears throat> specific And a lot of people, for some reason, you know, a lot of people these days are talking politics because they were involved in the Trump election and stuff. There's a lot of people that are talking politics out there today that they don't know politics. And oh my god, it's like my biggest pet peeve right now. And you try to debate with these people, and they're arguing their point, and they're saying, but yet the teachers should still get their pay. Why are we spending it? It's like because it, that money is is established for that purpose. You know, right. people, called people, a budget, you morons. Yeah, you know, there's a budget. When I worked for the T and oversaw a budget, um, and we had to put EMP fans in the bus, um, and that was done with grant money. I had to put in a specific government code when I did payroll to show and prove that that money went towards that bus, and I was allotted 30 hours a week per bus 
to install those yeah. EMPs in the bus. If I took that money and put it towards overtime to work on buses for oh, something else, yeah. I could be in jail. I could I could yeah. have lost. Yeah, so people, you got to understand this. Before you get out there and you start complaining about stuff like that, learn learn your politics. Learn about how your government works. Go sit down at a, at a city council meeting or something and just find out how it works because a lot of people out there, they're complaining and you're making yourself look really stupid by not knowing how it works. Everybody thinks that your government money is one big till and you just pay everybody out of this till. No, you no. don't. It doesn't work that way. Everything has a budget. Everything has a budget and that budget is is for this and this budget for that. Like I tell people all the time, when you have winter and you have salt and when you get towards March and April, everybody always says, Jesus Christ, why are they salting the hell out of the roads in March and April? Why? Because they have to use the salt up. Because if they don't use all the salt up, guess what happens to the budget for the salt the following year? They cut it. They cut that because they say, oh, you didn't use that much salt this year. We're going to cut your budget by this much. So they use all the salt. They get rid of it all so they can get the same amount of salt every year. It's Is it stupid? Is it is it a pain in the butt that they do that? Yes, but it guarantees that funding coming in every year. Yeah, I'm so, right. Utilize it and do what you can. So, Ken, before we get out of here, it's eight eight seventeen. We went a little bit over, but you know, it was good stuff tonight. Good, good conversation. It's going to be a good podcast. What do you got to say, Ken? What I got to say? Yeah, before we get out of here. Well, let's let's start with thanking all of our listeners, all twelve of them. Uh, and the other thing I want to uh, say is wish everyone out there a health and happiness. And guys, stay cool. It's getting really hot and humid. Be careful out there. Don't exert yourself too much. A number of people I know have already gone to the hospital for heat exhaustion and other things like that. Mm. And yeah. uh, and for all of my Trump fans out there, I'm still waiting on the replacement for Obamacare. So anytime you guys get your head out of your asses and get you get your own party to get a replacement, do call me. But uh, I won't be holding my breath. I, you know what I love it. I love people. It, it, I saw a thing on MSN today, and it said uh, Republicans' health care plan is almost dead in the water again. And then, it, and then below it, it says, "But Obamacare is still a failure." <laughs> like, wait a minute, that is the most biggest oxymoron <laughs> in media. How is Obamacare a complete failure? It's still there. It's still running. There are things, yes, you don't like about it, but it's still out there. It was approved. It's doing what it needs to be done while you have this Republican health care plan that's now gone to the – what's it, the third time now, Ken? It's gone and – It's gone down three times, yeah. So what's the real failure? I would say Trump care is your real failure, yeah. people. <laughs> I'm just saying, how do you call one a failure and then say, this is a failure? I just don't get it. Right now, Obamacare is out there. It's helping a lot of people still. Um, and I know Kevin Jackson hates Obamacare. Um, yeah, yeah everyone hates Obamacare because it's yep. working. Yep. And then he, someone made a comment and said, well, Scalise is having this with his bills. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Scalise? Scalise works for the government. He doesn't have Obamacare. All the senators right. and everybody have their own That's what people have been saying is, <laughs> great, I have no problem with abolishing Obamacare if you, as long as the senators have to buy their own health insurance. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, hey, I got to get ready. I got to get out of here. I got a lot of stuff I got to do. And, um, hey, I had a little instant. Uh, we posted one of our shows over at uh, uh, a, a Facebook page called Podcast Town, which was created by this kid, Mike. 
Dick, D-I-K-K, uh, who kind of busted my balls after I posted some stuff out there. You know what, dude? Get over yourself. Uh, your group isn't that big, and the last time you posted a podcast was like October of last year. Uh, we're still here doing this. We've been doing this for a long time. Um, I'm actually one of the guys who started podcasting before it was known as podcasting. So uh, just to give you a little insight there. But anyway... Uh, all I got to say is I got to thank my friends and family for tuning in and hanging out with us. I got to say happy birthday to Haley Beeson, 10 years old. Um, and other than that, SpongeBob, you know what you can do. You can take us home. And, oh, before we go, Ken, yes. Marilyn Chambers, Rabbit, David Cronenberg, add it to your list. Got, got it. All right, with that, SpongeBob, take us See you next Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in to the booth at hoobazoo.com. Please make sure to tune in for more booth next Tuesday night at 7 p.m. New York Eastern Standard Time. Become a fan on their Facebook page and check out their podcast on iTunes. The booth is hosted by Sinister One, Z-Man, and Ken Diesel. I've got to start hanging out with friends that are a little more intelligent and understand politics instead. It's just that I'm up on this level up here, and all my friends are down here. Me, nah. You guys, nah. Maybe they're more down, down here. Screw you guys, I'm going home. Who? 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 Who?